Hello, welcome to the <laughs> podcast episode 91. This is our third take at doing the intro because we kept having sound issues. Uh, and apparently, oh, I don't even know what's going on. How are you doing, everyone? I'm Mel. I'm here with Elle. How's it going, Elle? Hi, Mel. I oh, know. Should I say hello, Mel? Hello to you too. I'm also here with Alice. How are you doing, Alice? I'm doing good. Wonderful. How are you? I was going to say, you asked me how I was doing on the last take. I thought you weren't going to do it that time. It's good to know you still care. It's good to know you still care. Uh, we're professionals, obviously. Welcome to the latest episode. We've got loads to talk about. Absolutely shit tons going on in metal this week. Um, huge download announcement. Kind of slightly controversial. I don't even want to call it a reunion. Controversial coming together. Uh, all sorts of stuff to go through. But before all that... Don't forget to pick up the latest issue of Metal Hammer. It is out across the UK right now. Features the one and only Five Finger Death Punch on the cover. Uh, fascinating interview by the excellent Steve Appleford and an amazing, beautiful cover shoot by Mr. Travis Shin in that. Comes with loads of Five Finger Death Punch goodies and there's loads of other stuff outside of that as well if you're not into Five Finger, um, which you should be. They're a cool band. And if you are really into Five Finger, um, we are finally almost ready to uh, release our special Five Finger Death Punch Knuckleheads bundles. Um, we finally got a ton of signed stuff in that will be going into those. It's a really, really cool package. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on those if you are a knucklehead. Um, so watch out for that. In the meantime, www.tinyurl.com forward slash buy hammer for all the recent issues and any bundles that might still be around, although not many of them tend to stick around. So be quick once that's live. Um, what the hell's been going on in the news this week, lads? Well, lads, <laughs> something <laughs> very predictable has happened. <laughs> yeah, like the least shocking, probably the least shocking reunion mm -hmm. ever, surely. Motley Crue have reunited after four years. <laughs> <laughs> Which is literally not as long as a lot of veteran bands take between tours and albums these Not days. Not even like hiatuses that people do. Yeah, like legit. It's kind of coming off the heels of like My Chemical Romance and Rage Against the Machine. This definitely feels like the most kind of like, oh yeah, cool, Motley Crue are back. Um, they blew up and tore apart their, their contract, which they signed in 2013, promising they would never tour again. Uh, I didn't know that's how you deal with legal, legally binding contracts. Yeah, you just rip them up, apparently, and then I they mean, don't exist anymore. I'm, I'm thinking about changing <laughs> phone providers, so I might just fuck it and just blow my contract up and say, what are you going to do about it? Oh, sue Yeah, me. that's how it works. Mm -hmm. uh, really? Yeah, so yeah, Molly Crew are back anyway. Good for them. They're rumoured to be hitting the road in the US with Def Leppard and Poison in 2020. I don't think that's confirmed. I think that was a source that told Rolling Stone that might be happening. Um, but yeah, what do we make of Motley Crew being, being back it's just really inevitable and predictable. Mm -hmm. Like they're spinning it like this big exciting thing of, hey, Motley Crue are back. There's all these people that have never got to see us before, even though we've only been gone for four years. And I guess with the dirt coming out, they've had a lot of publicity around that. And there is a younger generation that are interested in it. And they've kind of become cool in that sense. But it's just not particularly a surprise. It felt like they would always come back at some point and do yeah. something because there's far too much money at stake not to like why wouldn't you I but think i think a lot of people feel betrayed though like some people online feel betrayed because they were like oh i've gone to the last motley crew gig and i spent my money on that and i got the merchandise and i feel like i went to the last one and now it's not the last one anymore so i, th I guess i'm being a little bit negative about it really yeah well it's mm. it's i mean i don't know where you guys sit on the fandom of motley crew um 
like how big a fan you guys are but i'm you know i love molly i think they're a great band i think shout out the devil is one of my favorite metal albums done tons of other brilliant stuff on top of that um i kind of felt like it had run its course at the end of the 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 end of the band's run um but uh, i don't know did anyone seriously think that Motley Crue were never going to play a show again? Yeah, they were literally always no. going to come back. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't even go them. to the um, last tour. Because I didn't you go. knew there'd I be did. another one. Yeah, I yeah. knew, yeah. <laughs> I went to it and it was good fun. It was an amazing, like, the the, the stage set and stuff. The show was amazing. They I had, was like, with John you. Coaster. Yeah, it was fucking great, right? But they always have a really good show. Yeah, totally. I wasn't sure about when mm. Vince Neil came out on a crane. Oh yeah, that? I remember that bit. I mean, yeah, Vince Neil's voice really not what it was um, in the last few years of Motley Crue. So that would be interesting to see if he's going to try and step up for their almighty comeback. Um, to be fair to them, though, I do kind of buy the idea that the Dirt movie has exposed them to a whole new generation of fans. I think that probably is likely. Mm-hmm. Um, it did really well for them. Um, seems to have got a really high rating on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. So a lot of people obviously like it. Um, I could I could believe that there you know four years is is, is can be a long time within uh, when music. you're a kid yeah like, especially when you're a kid ten to fourteen you know, yeah exactly. absolutely like that. exactly so it is I can buy that there's a new generation of fans that want them to play and they will now get that so that's fine um, I guess it's just one of those things where you can just never say never in this business and I do find it very hard to take seriously at any point when a band says this is the end. Obviously, later on this month, Slayer will be playing playing their final show ever. Um, I think will we see them come back, or will they see? I think they've got around that by saying it's the last tour. I think they've not technically ruled out doing appearances or anything like that. Yeah, but neither did Motley Crue. Their contract was just touring because people were saying, yeah, they could still technically do festivals. Well, I mean, but this is the thing. We're we're talking about this contract. (laughs) It's so cool. And it was absolute bollocks. Well, it's not a real contract, It didn't mean anything. Well, it never meant anything. said it was legally binding at the time. Yeah, but isn't it just because it's got all their four names on? So if they all four sack it off they just sack it off yeah, we haven't even seen it so it might not <laughs> it just might be a blank piece of paper I mean, that they just blew up <laughs> it's a napkin they just scrawled on with some of like yeah. Nikki's lipstick or something <laughs> care. I guess there is something to be said for the fact that they are one of the last big rock bands you don't get rock bands like that nowadays in this kind of world and this kind of industry so from that point of view it's kind of like cool but from that point of view as well they're really really good at um pl- publicity stunts oh yeah so so much money could have been planned all along well it will have been planned all along quite possibly yeah (laughs) i mean it's just you just don't know do you i don't think you can hold it against bands too much when they genuinely feel like their career is on its course or they don't want to be doing this anymore and then they get the opportunity to do it later and they feel more involved in it they feel more passionate about it they're able to make some money off it um i just i just for me i think in the case of motley crew it doesn't feel like they ever really went away because no. they, we did. Ha- we've had like well, like eighteen months of the dirt being Absolutely. in production and then talked about and then reviewed, and the bands were all doing interviews around it. Nikki Six is very prominent on social media, so you see him popping up a lot. It never really feel like Motley Crue as an entity disappeared. Four you know, years they've is always so much been longer present. than I thought as well. I didn't realize it was, it was longer than I yeah. thought as well. Actually, I didn't realize it'd it been four long. years. I thought it was like a year, two years, or something. Because, like you said, they've been in the press so much, so you're just kind of used to seeing their name and used to talking about them. So it just doesn't really feel like that much of a deal. Yeah. Um, But uh, the thing is, by the time it gets to them coming back to the UK again, I'll be like, do I really want to see that again? And I'll be like, a few beers, girls, 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 and others. I could go for that, you know? You look very Mm. disapproving at me now. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I'm not. I'm just trying to take my sweatshirt off. Leave me alone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it is, I can't hold a mic and take off my sweatshirt at the same time. It is toasty here in the, uh, the really Matt Hammer podcast studio, a.k.a. meeting room four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Download has added... 37 new lames to their lineup. I mean, my goodness me, that's a lot of bands, and there's a lot of good shit in here as well. So, should we ra- ra- rail through this? Reel through this. Reel and rail. Real, let's rail through this. Rail through yeah. the announcement, L. 37 bands. Ah, okay. Am I now doing it? Down. Yeah, go okay. on. Or we could okay. all do it one after the other. Okay. We have to go around the table. Yeah. Oh okay. Which way? Which okay. way? I'm going to go me. <laughs> Anti clockwise. Uh, oh, yeah, me and that's then you me. Then. No, no, it's, it's me. It depends which way the clock is. No, it's always, it no, it doesn't. It's always anti-clockwise. It's always the same way, and it's me next. <laughs> no, because the clock's going this way, so it's you first. That if, would be from twelve to one. No, so if that is number <laughs> one in the clock and I'm number six, it's going around like that. Oh no! Hang on, wait. No, that's still <laughs> clockwise. <laughs> yeah, that's clockwise. Yeah, anti. Clockwise. Oh, okay. Fucking hell. <laughs> Let's go. You're supposed <laughs> to be the clever one. Oh no, I forgot everything. I oh forgot which word. one anti-clockwise was. Right, look, the people okay, of the starting. podcast who have probably seen this announcement already need us to rinse these bands out. Okay, Airborne. Baby Mel. Baroness. Blackout Problems. Bleed From Within. Blues Pills. Picasso. British Lion. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't spot that originally. Fucking <laughs> hell. Uh, Salad. This isn't a real. This <laughs> isn't. A, what did you just say? <laughs> salad. Salad or Moon Crow. Chelsea Grin. Sorry, no. Let's go back. <laughs> That's not a real band. That's not a real band. Celador Mooncrow. Someone's really picked words out of a fucking hat there. That I quite bonkers. like it. There's a band called Celador though, I thought already. Celador Darling. Celador Darling. Celador Mooncrow. <laughs> Literally four completely random <laughs> words. I really want a Mooncrow as a pet really badly. It's probably, a Mooncrow. It's probably referencing some cool niche thing that I don't know about. So I want a Mooncrow. Anyway, sorry. You did, you did Chelsea. Chelsea, Chelsea Grin. Grin. So, Dead Label. Dead Posey. Dying Fetus. A lot of dead bands. Electric Wizard. Kill Switch Engage. Yes. Lit. Lotus Eater. Mariana's Trench. Obituary. Periphery. POD. Power Wolf. <laughs> Pup. Puppy. Some of these are really cool. <laughs> Skillet. On, I've heard of Mariana Trench, but this is Mariana's Trench. Also, can we talk about the fact that Power Wolf, Pup, and Puppy are all like next to each other yeah. in the alphabetical lineup? How cute. It's like a little pup. <laughs> Skillet. Stonebroken. Theory. The Last International. The Pretty Reckless. The Wild Hearts. Tiny Moving Parts. Uncured. Volbeat. <laughs> Wargasm. Wayward Sons. Wednesday 13. There we go. 37 bands added to download lineup, which already has the likes <laughs> of uh, Iron Maiden and Kiss and System of a Down and Corn and Deftones and various others. Um, what are we most excited about out of this batch? Personally, uh, Dying Fetus, Electric Wizard. I thought you might say them. Obituary. <laughs> Why not Dying Fetus making a triumphant return after the shenanigans which got them there a few years ago? I'm excited about Babe Mel, Baroness. Uh, yeah, big band. I really like Bush as well, so whatever. Fair enough. I wasn't, I like I wasn't cussing Bush. them, I just wasn't expecting that. Kill Switch Engage. I have a lovely nostalgic time to lit. Periphery. I'm, I'm very excited about Killswitch. Obviously, I've only just seen them recently. Um, Baroness, uh, I'd be interested to see where they play. Um, one of those bands that could definitely steal a day if they're in the right kind of spot. 
Uh, I'm quite up for a bit of obituary in Dying Fetus and Electric Wizard as well. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good shit. Good shit indeed. Mariana's Trench are a Canadian pop rock band from Vancouver formed in 2001. Have you guys heard of them? Nope. No. Me either. Uh, Slipknot have announced the inaugural <laughs> <laughs> Not Fest Not Fest at Sea. Slipknot are on a boat. Mad. And I think I wanted to like chuck myself off a boat by the amount of people that went <laughs> people equal ship on Twitter and it's got announced eighteen people make that joke. To be fair, like, it's really on, funny. Man. Come on. People equal ship. What about people the whole equal thing? Ship. The whole thing I think is ship. <laughs> seasick. The whole thing I think is seasick. Oh, that's, that's quite good, good, right? You should have tweeted that. Anyway, not fest at sea. Uh, yeah, so Slipknot are playing one of those cruises that is sweeping the metal world at the moment. Everyone loves a cruise. Uh, not fest at sea will um, take place in August, setting sail from Barcelona on August 10th, returning four days later. Slipknot are going to play two sets aboard the ship, uh, and I presume there'll be a full supporting cast of bands on there as well mm-hmm. to be announced, I presume, anyway. Exciting. It's exciting. I, I mean... Slipknot are a big fucking band, so mm. that's not a small like that's not that's not a dinghy. Do you know what I mean? That's going to be no, a big old I event. No, but I mean you know we just had Mega Cruise. Yeah, seventy thousand tons is like Kiss a have done theirs, veteran of course. one now. Haven't Flogging Molly done something as well? That's Loads one where I think it have. would probably be a dinghy. Are you what? You telling me off because I banged my thing down? Yes. I, I well yeah fair enough. Sorry, <laughs> um, but yeah that should be fun. Slipknot setting sail from Barcelona on August tenth. That's Although, really cool. It's really you, cool. Are you going to go? <sighs> I really, if really... If you can. <laughs> I would absolutely love to go. The only thing holding me back, apart from, obviously, whether or not I can actually go in terms of ticket and money and stuff, is that I went on a cruise one time and I got the norovirus and it was horrible. Apparently, That's just bad luck, though. Apparently, the ship had already got norovirus when we got on it. But before we all got on it, they disinfected it with like heavy duty stuff. But they hadn't quite disinfected it you properly. You can't kill it. You can't kill so it. So when I got on the cruise ship, like they already knew, but they, they decided the ship was safe for us to go. And then when I was Ooh. on the ship, people gradually got sicker and sicker and sicker with norovirus. Uh, so like a huge amount, like, I don't know, 25% of people or something ended up with norovirus. Only 25? And, and for, I don't know. For two days, it was a lot of people on the ship for two days i was inside a cabin while the ship was going one way through the ocean but my bed was facing another direction so i was like lying in my bed going a different direction to the ship and just being sick and it was horrible and i just really wanted to stop moving and i could not stop moving but go to slipknot.com for tickets (laughs) (laughs) but that was just really unlucky that was a shit ship well, Whereas I, I this get really would be, seasick. This would Sorry. be really good, I'm sure. Well, that was the other thing as well. Like before I got norovirus, I was a bit nauseous on the ship. But then I, I felt like I learned to cope with it by the end of the week. And then I just got hit, hit with this bug. I'm, I'm like nervous about all these bands. I'm worried that in like five years time, you're only be able to see bands on boats and I won't be able to go because I get seasick. <laughs> yeah. Really you can take me. pills though to prevent it yeah. before oh. you go. And then you start taking them. And I'd, I'd yeah. love to go because I bet it would be fucking amazing. But... Yeah. Mm. I'm worried about being sick. <laughs> not the good Slipknot kind. No, but, you know, they always say you should face your fear. And I would face it for Slipknot. Yeah. 
I think. Yeah, I doubt. I doubt. The chances are you won't get norovirus on another cruise. No, no, no. I I really shouldn't associate this with this cruise because it was a completely different tour operator, a completely different country. I'm not besmirching the cruise. The cruise sounds fucking amazing and I 100% want to go. It's my own psychological barriers that I need to break through of these unpositive associations and maybe this is the perfect time to remake a memory or you could just go and do what Slipknot would have done which is just puke and just chuck it about everywhere and have a lovely time anyway yeah I could get a moon that's what they used to do why don't I get a dead moon crow in a jar have a little sniff and just throw up over the side of the boat oh my god it's gonna be something um, have either of you guys listened to the uh, the new architects track acoustic version yeah. of A Waste of Him it's so nice isn't it's it it's amazing beautiful I mean, it is beautiful and the lyric, even though the lyrical content is like heart wrenching and I'm not really a fan of acoustic songs in general so I kind of thought oh you know they've released an acoustic song whatever and I listened to it and I was really blown away I yes. thought it was really beautiful and it is like I said it's quite a heart wrenching really one as nicely well nicely orchestrated song. yeah taken obviously from um, Holy Hell was the uh, the um, album out last year fantastic album and uh, yeah if you haven't heard that uh, acoustic uh, reimagining of A Wasted Hymn by Architects go and check it out now you can hear it on the Metal Hammer website it's really good Loads of good questions, as always, from the Metal Hammer readers this week. Uh, www.facebook.com forward slash Metal Hammer readers if you want to come and get involved and ask us some shit to talk about. Uh, Chris Haylock asks, has there ever, I love this question, has there ever been a band or <laughs> genre of music you pretended to like to fit in with the people you're with? And Chris says, I used to pretend to like emo, like My Chemical Romance, Taking Back Sunday and Panic at the Disco. And then a few years later, all that awful indie shit, Killers, Kooks, Razorlight, whilst going home and listening to metal. Poor Chris. Oh, Chris. Do it to yourself. <laughs> I mean, the Kooks. There is oh. no person I would listen to that film for. My goodness awful. me. Awful. I was lucky, actually, because um, I went to uni in Sheffield and there was a night called Bleach and Fuzz Club. And it was downstairs at the Union. And there were basically two rooms. One was the Bleach Room, which was metal. And one was Fuzz Club, which was indie. So I had a bunch of indie friends that I would like hang out with. But I just hated all that music. And, the um, worst music yeah. that was ever made. And some of them would like a few metal songs, but you know, a lot of Indian stuff. So it was great because we could all go to the club together. And then just like go in different rooms. But then occasionally sort of go into the other room and see what was going on and say hello. And I had an, another few friends who liked metal. So we could kind of like be in the metal room and the indie room, but our paths could still cross. So cool. that was quite good, actually. You didn't pretend to like indie. No, I said it was shit. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, I should be open-minded. I'm like, no, it's metal or nothing. Should I? Should I? <laughs> Listen to Rotten Christ then. <laughs> you want to be so fucking open-minded. But yeah, that was great. I wish there were, there were sort of more things like that in life where you can hang out with your mates who like different music, but like also just not have to listen to shit. Fair. But yeah, I never pretended because I'm just... I don't know. I'm not really a pretending person. I'll just say mm. my opinion, which doesn't always go down well. Not a poser like you, Chris. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> like. No, I just I'm not I'm not afraid to be uncool. But, oh yeah, unlike you, Chris <laughs> Haylock. <laughs> coward. You just called him a coward and a poser. I didn't mean to, Chris Haylock. Not really. You like metal, so I think you're cool. Exactly. I'm just not cool myself. Alice, did you ever have to pretend no. otherwise? I've always just said what I think. You definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> like I've not liked stuff and then ended up liking it, like not been into something and then, but I've never pretended I like anything to fit in. I just end up liking I wouldn't want to get found out either. Do you know what I mean? Like 
if you say you like something and then you don't and then you have to have a conversation about it, that's not going to go well. No. no. So I not only do you not feel true to yourself, you then have to lie. I'm just trying to think if I've ever like been on a date or something where I've liked someone and, uh, and I've said... You know, what bands do you like? And they said, blah, blah, blah. And I've kind of, how much, how much yeah. you're willing to poker face it for that? <laughs> first. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, Kings of Leon, cool. Or whatever, you know, like. I just, I immediately am like, oh, God, that's shit. Like, oh, and just make them feel really shitty. And I'm like, oh, I didn't mean like your shit. Just like your musical <laughs> taste is terrible. And then I'm like, you should listen to these. Go away and do homework. And then maybe I'll see you again. <laughs> That's always a good start. <laughs> Hi, here's some bands to listen to. Um, I did probably, when I, um, when my taste in metal um, kind of evolved a bit and I started listening to heavier and more quote-unquote credible stuff, I probably did downplay my new metal love a little bit because I got into like Limp Bizkit and Lincoln Park and loads of terrible metal, new metal one-hit wonders. Um and then my, you know, my taste got into the older stuff. So I got into Maiden and Sabbath and Ozzy and everything else. And then I got into In Flames and like all sorts of stuff. And so I probably didn't listen to a lot of stuff like Biscuit and that for a while because I was just going off on this whole new tangent. And so when I kind of started to realize how um, like viciously anti-new metal a lot of the metal scene is I can, I probably kind of, I didn't go along with it, but I, I think I probably kind of was like, Oh yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff is kind of stupid, I guess. And then once I got a bit older, I was like, nah, fuck you. It's wicked. And it was always wicked. And I kind of reclaimed that, uh, thing back. I never once I got my foot it. in the door of metal hammer. I was like, fuck <laughs> you. New metal for life. Yeah. I never denounced it. I was always like, I love new metal so much. Well, I never denounced it, but, um, I guess there wasn't really like a group of people that I knew who were like massive Limp Biscuit fans. I feel like I know more people now who, who will talk about how great Chocolate Starfish is than I did 15 oh, years ago. I think ago. I've been lucky. I've always had friends who were into it, like different groups of friends through time. I think, I don't know, I've just been lucky to end up that way, I guess. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. fair. And also I didn't have like a, like I had friends that listened to metal when I went to gigs with them, but it was when I kind of started coming out in London that I found like a proper community of metal heads and by that point, it was like metalheads, you know, going down places like the Dev in Camden. That's not the place you're going to hear Taproot getting played. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> Why would you not play Poem? It's a banger. It is a banger. Absolute banger. New Metal for Life, mate. New Metal for Life. Um, should we do another question? Yeah. This is a deep one. Andy Poole asks, what album do you think would make a good film? And bonus question, who would star in it? I'd suggest Antichrist Superstar, and I think with his past roles and being Mazza Manson's mate, Johnny Depp would be good as the protagonist. I'd watch that. Yeah, me too. Hmm. Go on then, Merlin. Maybe. Or Alice. Who wants to go first? I have one. Do you have I one? don't have any. I just have a little, like... It just triggered a memory of what I used to do as a kid. Which is? <laughs> I used to have um, a like little rainbow fluffy diary. And in there... <laughs> that is not you. <laughs> It is, it is. Like, I like, I like psychedelic hippie shit as oh, well. that is true, yeah. <laughs> that is true. Um, it's like this rainbow fluffy thing that, like, had a little popper on it so you could close it. You know, those kind of fluffy I know what diaries. You mean, yeah. Anyway, um, I used to write in there all of, like, I used to listen to a lot of music and, like, mainly soundtracks and stuff. And I used to listen to them. And the name of, like, the song would, like, trigger ideas in my head. And I really wanted to be, like, a film uh, maker when I was a kid. 
like a film director or something like that. Oh, cool. And um, I used to like write out plots to like the song titles Amazing. and what, whatever like the, the awesome. song lyrics were. I'd just like write, write down like all these. And I was literally like- Do you like, remember any that you did? Nine or something. I did one called, um, <laughs> there's this uh, song on the Buffy soundtrack. I was <gasps> also obsessed soundtrack. with Buffy <laughs> um, called Teenage FBI. And that one had, that Someone one had. Someone tell me yeah. why. Oh, yes, such a good song. Someone tell me why. <laughs> I had like a whole plot for this. Like it, that would be like the theme song of the film. And wow. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I used to do, I was weird <laughs> i want to read that. creative brain i want to read the yeah. teenage fbi song one get on the phone to your mum and get that i'm gonna have to try in. i'm gonna have to find my fluffy diary it's probably absolutely shit i want to read it but share with the class for sure. <laughs> that's awesome i mean i can't that, that's way deeper than anything i could think of for this to be honest i mean when i was thinking of uh conceptually rich albums that would be ripe for adaptation um, seven Summon of Seven Sun by Maiden was the first mm. thing that came to mind. I mean, it's not a strict concept album because it doesn't have one storyline going through it as such, but it's very conceptually heavy and um, it would just have to be some big kind of maybe like fantasy epic um, where I just, I, I mean, I was just, I didn't really have a lot of roles in mind for these people, but I was just thinking if I was doing a big fantasy film based on Seven Sun and Seven Sun, loads of vivid characters, big epic fantasy set pieces, I just want like big dramatic actors. So I've got like Michael Fassbender, I'd want it in there. Um, Tilda Swinton, I'll put it in there as well um, to play maybe some kind of, maybe she could be the clairvoyant or something. That'd be cool. Um, and then I just, it just kind of instantly fell into like big hammy actors. So I've got like Forrest Whitaker and then I just had Ian McKellen and it just went off the rails after that. So I'd have a big cheesy fantasy movie um, uh, directed by Peter Jackson and starring just loads of hammy actors that just know how to go well over the top and it'll be amazing. I'd be happy with that. So. <laughs> Good you, times. I picked Ziltoid the Omniscient by Devin Townsend. That's been done, kind of, hasn't it? He brought some of it to life. That's cheating. At the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> but that was as a live show, and that was to celebrate Z2. Oh, so yeah. I'm talking about doing a dedicated movie just of Ziltoid the Omniscient. So who would play Ziltoid? Well, it can't be Devin Townsend. It's got to be an actor. I know it's got to be an actor because it would be acted, not just voiced. Yeah, but how could it be acted? Would it be like a CGI or would it be like, you know, oh, or like, yeah. you know, what's his name? Who does... Um... Andy Serkis. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it could be either. Mocap. Yeah, mocap, exactly. Or I... <laughs> Andy Serkis playing Zildoid. <laughs> I didn't think of that, but that's actually a really good shout. <laughs> um, I actually cheated a little bit. I went over to the guys at Total Film for some inspo. What? Sorry, but they <gasps> know about film. You totally Shout cheated on this. Film. <laughs> <laughs> you just cheated. Friends. This is not even from your brain. Well, I was struggling <laughs> and Total Film were good at actors. I was like, I want to do, do, uh, do Ziltoid. Who can I pick? And they suggested David Harbour, which I thought was really cool. But Ziltoid? Yeah. Because what? it's... Well, I just went, give me someone with a deep voice. But I don't know. It needs to be whimsical, I suppose, as well. So maybe Andy Circus is actually the best bet. I think he'd nail it. I think you'd nail it as well. Circus is a really good shout. It's a really good shout. David Harbour is still toy. Blows my mind. I just thought he could turn his hand to it. Maybe. I just We've like him. Fucked up Hellboy, so I don't know if you want to let him know that as well. well. Ooh. And then narrator, I thought maybe you could do Jim Carrey, just yeah. because it's a bit like, again, a bit whimsical. See, Jim Carrey for Ziltoid would be cool. Maybe. Just paint him up like the mask. Have I got the all wrong Yeah, there. no, yeah, maybe. <laughs> But Jim Carrey for something like that is spot yeah. on. He'd be amazing. I mean, he nailed the Grinch and the mask. Yeah. 
Maybe he should be Zilto then. He's got he's got previous with green characters. Yeah. <laughs> and then the commander I had down Vin Diesel just as a sort of solid <laughs> person. And then Planet Smasher. This was a total film shout. This was uh, Red Pepper, who does the voiceovers for a lot of film trailers, because you want somebody who's got like a really the, like gravelly do, 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 voice. Yeah. You mean someone that yeah. talks like this? But I don't know. In terms of <laughs> acting, I don't know like what his acting is like. Um, and then the creator, who's like a sort of hey dude, like hippie guy, Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, toy. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta chill out, Siltoid. Hey, come on, Siltoid, calm down. Wow. <laughs> yeah, basically that. Um, and then <laughs> the only characters left are like the man, the boss, and the customer at the end. Didn't Chris Jericho play someone in the Siltoid universe? Well, this is the thing actually. When they did it at the Royal Albert Hall, um, I think they had Steve Vai doing the narrator. And I think Jericho actually was something. He was Captain which... something, wasn't he? Oh, Captain Spectacular. That's it, yeah. He's on Z2. Oh, okay. I think. I hope I haven't got that wrong. Well, that could be a sequel. Yeah. So, but yeah, in terms of actors, that was kind of who I was thinking. Your film sounds like it's much further along in the production cycle than mine. Like, if, <laughs> if, if we were both pitching to the same studio, you would definitely. But it already get the has a storyline though, already set up. So I guess yeah. it's. Uh... But that's it. That's where Hollywood's at, man. It's all adaptations. <laughs> yeah, Chris Jericho. I did... spotted the market. Chris Jericho did Captain Spectacular and Z2. Okay. Um, but yeah, obviously there is like a natural sequel there as well, so that's pretty cool. Wow. Do you want to uh, what's the, do you want to do this next question, Alice? Another conceptually yes. loaded question. Okay, Tom Byrne or by I'd say Byrne. Byrne. Okay, cool. Uh, with with the John Lewis Christmas advert having launched last week, what would be your concept ideas for a cinematic metal Christmas ad campaign? Good question. <sighs> I've got mine. Really oh, simple. You do that then. Danny Filth hopping about rooftops, delivering gruesome but jolly <laughs> presents to children. <laughs> That's so good. That is That's great. That's so good. Right? That is really good. He's going to be as good as and that. He's, he's on the up now. He's more in the public eye than ever. So we can make this happen for next year. If you're listening, Waitrose, or whoever it is, John Lewis, or someone. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. That is literally amazing. With like, a, with like a Danny Elfman soundtrack. Oh, I could just imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. Um, okay, well, I'm just going to come up with one. Um, I would do, I think I've talked about them before, but um, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, who do all the Christmassy music, and they did the famous song Wizards in Winter, and then the video was the house that was lit up with all the different lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as the song played, the house lights would flash. So what if you lit up Dracula's castle in Romania, Bran Castle, and then the Trans-Siberian Orchestra provide the soundtrack and the castle lights up in time to the music. That's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. I like That's it. cool. I would watch Spooky that. Spooky and Christmassy. Nice. Yeah. Alice? It'd be cool to do something more like Yuletide Ooh. and have something like a Monomath in the snow in fun. Sweden. <laughs> oh, and you should like get... Covered could we in get Viking shit and a Yule log and... Could we get Krampus? Yes, get a the, Krampus. To even hit better. their thumbs with a switch. <laughs> <laughs> I beg your pardon. That's what Krampus does. He gets all these branches. I've only seen the horror movies. I've never seen... Krampus gets all these branches and he makes a switch out of them, which is a whip, a branch whip. And then he whips people's asses with it. That's what Krampus does. He's a big... <laughs> Krampus is a kinky bastard. <laughs> he is. He's a big, horny, satanic... BDSM icon, Krampus. <laughs> big, horny, satanic BDSM icon, Krampus. Wow. Johan Hegg would have to um, defeat him or something. Yeah. Don't know what would happen. 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just can't get a weird visual of Yana getting spanked by Krampus out of my <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's what's really going to happen. And then I don't There's know. definitely a market for that. I don't know where I don't know what it is, but it's happening. <laughs> I don't know where the presence and the joy come in. I guess if he enjoys it, then that's cool. Only <laughs> <laughs> they both just look at the camera and go, Merry Yuletide. <laughs> Although actually we'd have to also They probably like get him he he tries to steal the toys and he's running off through the trees. What Johan? A Krampus. <laughs> no, the Krampus. <laughs> and then Johan gets his axe and boom through the back. That he's stuck it. into the tree like cartoon style Fucking and hell. then it's the end that's amazing <laughs> why aren't you a film director again? you've signed up the market I know mate. right <laughs> you've signed up the market mate that's amazing uh, Bryce Brown asks what's the best gig t-shirt you own another good question that's really I, good my, my first answer came straight to mind and I had to think about a few others well do you want to do yours you seem excited sure well mine's really obvious um, I made it at Twickenham uh, Eddie with the rugby ball um, it was the first, well, I had, I had a, quite a few made in t-shirts by then, but it was the first where um, it felt like, it was the first made in gig I've been to, and obviously it was such a big gig that it felt like they'd done a t-shirt specifically for that gig, and it felt like an event gig, like I was there, like it's got the date on the back, um, uh, I think it says Eddie tried to tackle me at Twickenham or something like that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I love that. I mean, I've got a few really cool made in t-shirts from other gigs around the world that I've picked up. But that Maiden Twickenham one was definitely the first one. Um, recently this year, got my Metallica S&M t-shirt, which I was really stoked on. They did it like a bootleg. So it's got the Jump in the Fire uh, demon on it in between um, the main bridge in San Francisco, the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, and it's kind of done like a bootleg t-shirt. So it says San Francisco, but in the Metallica font. But then actually on the back, it has got the official S&M stuff on it. So that's really cool. That is cool. Um, and then just a couple of other cool ones. They're not like kind of legendary gigs at all but they're just ones i really like i got a really cool cup and a brute t-shirt last year that i love it's all like um kind of neon uh action movie slash grand theft Auto vice city kind of um effects on it and the dates on the back it's the t-shirt i wear out the most that i get the most compliments on and it's always from people who don't even seem to know it's a band it's like, hey, cool T-shirt, man. Yeah, I think it's just mm. like a cool design. Yeah, people really like it. So I like that. And um, I got a really cool Run the Jewels one a couple of years ago that's got a shark fighting an octopus on it. So. <gasps> the best animals, yeah. apart from whales. I got that at Brixton. Good. I love that one because it just looks ridiculous. So oh. they're some of my favourites. That that's a good mind. collection. Hmm. I've got a couple. I could have done about nine maiden ones, to be honest, just based on specific gigs. But yeah. I think my favourite are actually ones that don't fit me anymore, but I've still got them, which is a bit sad, but... You can't have everything in life. <laughs> I've got Listening, one. kids, get baggy T-shirts because you won't be able to wear them. The same thing happened to me. You won't wear those suckers when you're 30. I've got a really cool one from when I saw Placebo play in Elephant and Castle a long time ago. Elephant and Castle? What, at the Coronet? They played at the Coronet. Wow. It was a special show and they had a special T-shirt that said like Placebo. I can't remember what it says now. It says something like Placebo at the Coronet and it's got a picture like an... El <laughs> I'd imagine so. But it's got, it's really cool. It's like a theatrical font and it's got an elephant and castle logo, like the castle with the elephant on its back or whatever it is. Is that, oh. is that an actual thing? I think it's an actual thing. Or I, didn't know that. I think I've seen it before, but it's got like an elephant and castle on it. It's that's super cool. cool. That is awesome. That's, that's exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. Something really specific to that night. Yeah, I really um, love that one, but it's a bit small, sad times. And it's like a black t-shirt with red on it, which makes it kind of cooler. 
And then I've got a Papa Roach one from when I was a teenager that I really like. It was a baseball top, but it has a well, it has a red glittery cockroach on it. You know the upside down cockroach logo. It says yeah. Papa Roach, and it's like someone got red glitter glue and wrote Papa Roach and did a cockroach on it. It's an official one. What and it's really that? cool. I was I saw Papa Roach in Manchester. I'm guessing it was at the Academy or Academy Two. I can't remember where they played at the time, but I just remember being like super excited because it was a girls fit one as well, so it actually looked nice. And the red glitter glue I just thought was really cool. It wasn't just like a boring print. It's an actual kind of like cool sparkly thing. That's cute. The colour of blood. The colour of unicorn blood. Yeah. Do you have any Cockroach cool gig t-shirts? Alice, you got um, loads of cool gigs. I've got loads of cool t-shirts, but none that are like gig specific. Oh, I, don't, really? I don't tend to get the ones that are gig specific because I don't want any writing on the back. Oh, fair. <laughs> Poser. Because I always like cut them up and stuff. Yeah, you do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you got a favourite design that you got at a gig that you cut to shreds? I'm trying to think. I don't oh, know. Oh, I gave you some money for Swallow the Sun hoodie. Oh, yeah, I've got a Swallow the Sun it's hoodie. It's not a t-shirt, though. No, it's not. It's it still not. counts. I'm just trying to think counts. of times when I've seen you buy merch. Yeah, no, I do buy merch. I just don't buy, like, gig-specific t-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to. Th- I'm trying to help you with your memory. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> like, I've got loads of t-shirts. I was gonna say you got like because you you come in all the time with like cool pin badges and t-shirts. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah, what's that? I got a really cool pin badge that was Sabbath assembly, and then I had my leather jacket um, stolen, uh, and so I've lost that, and I got that at a gig of theirs. That sucks. And I don't think you can get Boo. it online or anything. Oh. So if anyone has seen my Sabbath assembly pin. Please send it back to Metal Hammer. Oh, my word. <laughs> Shall we do one more question from our lovely readers and yes. listeners? Um, okay, I'll ask. Um, if an army of aliens was, were assembled just outside Earth's atmosphere and you had to create a five-person army out of heavy metal artists to repel the alien invaders, who would you pick and what song would be the battle cry? I've got and that's a from really, Pool. really straight answer for this. Um, I just picked Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> <laughs> because, come on, that's a fucking film you want to see. I'm not saying that because they're on our cover, by the way. Um, but they are, and you should buy it. Um, yeah, just Five Finger Death Punch versus an alien invasion. That's <laughs> so good. I'd want to see that. You'd have Zoltan with the kind of, like, measured uh, martial art, like carefully crafted battle plan and then you'd have Ivan just running around leathering aliens with a baseball bat or something it'd be so good that would be amazing and obviously the battle cry song would be lift me up because it's like lift Lift me up up. I'm fighting aliens let's get them and then Rob Halford could come and help yeah he could be like this like the the secret weapon coming on his flaming Harley deploy him just get those alien fucks Fuck those alien I've watched Independence Day recently, sorry. <laughs> You've got a bit weird. Welcome to Earth. American patriotic. <laughs> yeah. um, I split all mine up into categories. I didn't really realise it was an army and I was thinking just of like people that would save the world from aliens. So I split them up. So the first one was um, a survivor. So someone who can organise people and knows survival skills. So I picked Bruce Dickinson 
because he's served in the territorial army. He can nice. fly planes. He's been to war zones before. Nice. And he doesn't have any fear. He's got that old British gung-ho attitude of like yeah. can do things in the institution. So I thought he could sort of help lead the way. Then I thought we should pick a scientist to try and understand the alien biology and work out like where they were coming from and how they worked and stuff. Because sometimes with alien things, the aliens have like organic matter that's part of <laughs> alien them. things they have like tv shows yeah they have like organic matter that can like harm people or they have weapons made out of like their own i don't know limbs or whatever yeah or they acidic can, blood or they yeah they have like powers and all that shit so i thought a scientist would be good so i picked greg graffin from bad religion he double majored in anthropology and de- geology at ucla so he knows about like people and animals. <laughs> he got a master's degree in geology from the same school and he's got a PhD in zoology from Cornell University. And you had deep dive on this. Respect I, to you. I really did. And he did a PhD called uh, Monism, Atheism and the Naturalist Worldview, Perspectives from Evolutionary Biology, which I have not read, but I'm thinking evolutionary biology might give him sort of an insight into alien life forms i hate it i'm really bitter when you hear about people and you just think they are smarter than i could ever be oh yeah totally. he <laughs> just sounds so intelligent like yeah. i like to think i'm not a, well i like to think none of us are total dumb asses but i mean he's the guy you'd want on your poker team isn't he i mean i can't tell what's anti-clockwise and what's clockwise so it definitely shouldn't be me also just realized that i suggested that a pub quiz team is like the absolute pinnacle of intellectual <laughs> measurement <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh yeah, he'd know who played like a character on EastEnders in 1988. <laughs> Get him in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Greg Graffin's also taught Life Science 1 and Earth and Space Sciences at UCLA as well. So he's just taught a bunch of cool stuff. So I think he'd be a good scientist to kind of unlock the alien secrets. And then I thought we need a medic. We need someone who's trained in helping people and saving lives and patching people up and all that. And that was quite a struggle, actually. But then I remembered that Annette Olsen, formerly of Nightwish, and Jesus, now, now the Dark Elements, is training to be a nurse in Sweden. So she probably has completed the training by now, or oh almost completed the training. So she'd be probably a good person to come in and like help out with the whole nurse aspects of it. And then I figured we needed somebody who could work out how to communicate with the aliens. So I was thinking of somebody who's good at languages. <laughs> So because I was wondering <laughs> you were asking about that. I was wondering yeah, when you were asking Because that. if you're good at languages, you probably know the structure of like lots of different languages and then you can, might be able to break down how they're communicating and work it out and pick it up easily. So I picked Floor, former formerly of Nightwish, because she Currently of Nightwish. Currently in Nightwish. Yeah. Start a rumour that doesn't exist. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. I was just thinking of I was just getting confused with my singers. Floor, because Floor is Dutch. She can also speak English and she's learning or has learned Finnish. And she's also said in interviews that she really likes learning languages. So she might know some more, but I couldn't, I didn't have enough time to deep dive into her language. But, you know, three languages, that's a pretty good starting point. Floor could probably work out some of these alien languages that we'll have going on around the place. And then I thought we'd need a fifth person who a chef (laughs) (laughs) no actually i didn't think of that we're all gonna everyone's gonna die bruce dickinson can fly his plane and then help people forage i think that's fine (laughs) 
He'll just land his plane in like a forest, forage for like nuts and berries, bring them back. What's this got to do with aliens? Because it's, you've got to forest? survive. You've got to survive. But why are they in a forest? But we have to because scare them off first. They're not even on Earth yet. Right. We have to scare Let's, them. In what alien invasion film is Bruce Dickinson flying a plane across the Amazon? Really just specific. let me finish my selection. I didn't say the Amazon. I said a forest. Okay. Oh, sorry. The new forest then. Look, you brought up a chef and I thought if somebody in the team needs to feed everybody, I bet Bruce could get supplies from somewhere in his plane that was where i was going with that i think you're thinking more of like some kind of like like disaster movie like lost in the forest jungle thing well or or i'm a celebrity get me out of here (laughs) i didn't know that the question was repelling them from the earth i thought it was an invasion okay i thought it was an invasion so then the other one i picked was you need some kind of spirituality like someone who could understand their belief system or like astral stuff like if they can astral project or something was such an empath it's really sweet (laughs) i hate you we need someone who can understand the aliens (laughs) (laughs) i bring you love (laughs) so anyway love kill it (laughs) so anyway I thought Jazz Coleman because <laughs> he was right, this just... very precise scientific uh, <laughs> experiment has just gone right off the rails. Taking Jazz <laughs> Coleman in talks, there. He talks about invoking spirits and he's also talked about seeing UFOs. He said that one time he had a UFO encounter and there was a strange orb and it had a symbol on it like a stick man. And it like just happened to him. And he also believes in like sort of ritualistic magic and that kind of thing. He doesn't believe in Christianity, but he believes in the divine. Who's this? Jazz Coleman from Killing Joke. So I figured he could probably sort of um, think out, think about the aliens and kind of what belief systems they have and what sort of spirituality they have. And if they can sort of teleport or get or travel on the astral plane he's into like the parallel dimensions thing as well so if they've You've come almost from... gone in as deep on, on this as you did on ice cream a few months ago <laughs> <laughs> these are things you know if they're deep questions i have to go in deep so then jazz coleman this parallel dimensions thing he could work out if the aliens had come from that so i think he's pretty well qualified so to summarize survivor slash pilot bruce dickinson scientist greg graffin medic annette olsen Language, Floyd Janssen, and spirituality, Jazz Coleman. I love that you've like engaged this really methodical and carefully crafted like campaign to try and like break down the alien invasion and understand them and empathize with them and maybe build some bridges and get behind the meaning of their <laughs> invasion. And I've just hired a bunch of fucking <laughs> like rednecks to go beat the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> this is emblematic of our personalities. <laughs> Oh my goodness me. Wow. Very different movies. That, those would be. They I would think. be. Mm-hmm. I would watch them both. Yours would be like an Oscar winning, um, like, oh, what was that alien film that came out a couple of years ago that was really high drive? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, but mine would just be like Independence Day, basically. That would be my movie. <laughs> Alice? Um, so I've got two ideas. Um, either just like get some of the scariest, biggest blokes from metal bands, which yeah, is what I've kind of done. So it's like Zach Wilde, Henry Rollins, Kerry King, Danzig, and Rob Zombie. Oh, oh, I would not fuck with them. That's a movie I'd watch. <laughs> That's amazing. Danzig going ham at aliens. And Danzig obviously <laughs> needs to front it because like they have the most, like the Misfits have the most songs about aliens. And he so looks I like feel like any of those so could be. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> 
Patterson. You've seen that meme where it's Danzig um, or Sigourney Weaver? Yes. I so love good. Sigourney Weaver, by the way. And Danzig, so it's not a cousin. Yes, it is. Did it's you say good. Henry Rollins as well? Yeah. I've got a copy of that book that was um, Henry Rollins and Danzig in Love. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember it's that. It's called like Henry fanfic. and Danzig or something. Yeah, it was fanfic and it was, um, yeah, we should say it's fanfic. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. It's like, like a small graphic novel that they're lovers and like the different conversations and things that they do. <laughs> oh my God. So that could be woven in there as it's fiction. Yes, it could. Um, but my other idea was literally just to get Watane. Oh, there we go. Scary. That's what I'm talking about. Watane versus aliens. Yeah. They're and just, just like just all the blood and yeah. Just yeah. Watane, really. Oh, it's called Henry and Glenn Forever. If you want to look that up. Oh, look. <laughs> look, Which you Henry's, giving, Henry's giving Glenn a nice shoulder massage on the front cover. And Glenn is saying, do you really think it could last forever? <laughs> oh, my God. It's but they are the internet's weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Henry Rollins is hench, though. When he was in... Yes. Um, Henry Rollins would beat the fuck out of the aliens oh, yeah. by himself. When he was in Sons of Anarchy... Oh my God, just the white supremacist. You'd not fuck with him. Just his eyes alone were like killer's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the bit of Henry Rollins that scares me the most. (laughs) (laughs) Those massive biceps. (laughs) Thick neck. The crazy eyes. (laughs) Big old eyes. And Rob Zombie would just do something crazy and then he'd do what he'd do. He just does that going. He'd do a dance and then he'd get his arm dance out and go like. Invasion, invasion, invasion. Demon digging. Oh no, hang on. Everybody's fucking in a UFO. That was literally one of their songs. That would be how it ended. They all have sex. In a UFO. Yeah. <laughs> on, another, on another plane, a different astral plane with Jazz Coleman helping them negotiate it. We, on this, right, between this podcast, we have um, pitched about three Christmas adverts. <laughs> <laughs> like three, uh, three kind of album movies and three alien invasion movies. We're in the wrong business, mate. Definitely, business. yeah. He wants to make these movies. Let us know. If yeah. there's a really stupid millionaire out there who wants Let's to put their money it. into something, you know where we are. We can write the scripts too. Yes. Among us, we have writing experience. Yep. I've even done script writing. There you go. <laughs> yeah. le- we're learning stuff today. Goodness me. Uh, the next week, we will be reviewing Ghost's biggest UK show ever. That is no exaggeration. Uh, Tobias and the crew are headlining Wembley Arena. Can they pull it off? It's a big testing ground. Are you excited? Nervous for I'm really excited. I wasn't until you said that. And then I was like, actually, yeah. Because when we saw them at Royal Albert Hall, I did, this is could be me projecting because I have no idea. I did think when Tobias came out, he looked a bit nervous initially, like walking into that room. And then it sort of seemed to warm up I remember from I was there. talking about that at the time. Yeah, he was not quite as fluid Relaxed. as he Yeah, it's just that thing where you can sort of see in someone's posture, like their shoulders are sort of a bit up and they're sort of coming out and they're going through the motions, but you're kind of thinking, and they're doing their job and doing it really well, but you're sort of thinking, is there something there that's like making them nervous? And he's such a consummate showman. I'm sure it'd be absolutely fine yeah. wherever you Every put Every time him. I've interviewed him, he's just been so assured of himself. stadiums now, you know, with Metallica and yeah, stuff. Yeah, very good point, so yeah. He's not going to be nervous about feeling I don't think it's going to phase him at all. But I guess more the, from the kind of view of like, um, not nervous on the band's I part, like the reaction and like, stuff. Like, you know, are we yeah. going to come out of that gig thinking they're fucking doing it? Because yeah. this is it now, it's arena time. Like, there's no, there's no kind of two ways about it. Like, yeah. this is going to be the moment where we know for sure if Ghost can step up to that level. Um, on their own show. Just talking about merch, actually, I'm curious if they'll have anything because Ghosts do quite cool merch and usually when bands play Wembley Arena, they do have something a bit special 
Like I got that um, perfect circle octopus. <laughs> of course you did. When, when they played there. And um, I'm sure other bands have had big merch for Wembley. It's a big show. Absolutely. Baby Metal did Wembley merch, I think, didn't they? Yeah, um, something. But yeah, a huge, huge show. So we'll be reviewing that next week right here on the podcast. Don't forget to pick up the latest issue. And Five Finger Death Punch fans, the very nice bundles with uh, some cool signed stuff in is imminent. So watch out for that on uh, tinyurl.com forward slash buy hammer. Um, in the meantime, goodbye, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>